0: good morning and welcome in everybody today we're going to take a look at a passage of scripture from first john chapter 1 verse 9 says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness before we can find forgiveness with god or others before we can obtain reconciliation with god or even a brother confession of sins must first take place if confession doesn't happen forgiveness is not gonna happen. If forgiveness doesn't happen, reconciliation is not gonna happen. Confession must happen first before the rest can follow suit. Sometimes people become so filled up with pride that they refuse to admit fault. Even when they have been made aware of something hurtful that they have done to another, they will reject the path of humble confession. And it's caused because of pride called to confess faults to each other, so that we can find grace with each other in, in our time of need. Confession must happen for healing to take place. James 5 verse 16 says, confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Within the church, people make, they might make a mistake, but it is through humble confession and charitable forgiveness that relationships can be restored. I have known numerous people who have apologized over and over to others, but no matter what they do, the other party holds a bitter grudge and refuses to forgive and forget. As God does with us, he forgets our sins. One of God's commandments in the New Testament is to forgive a brother who says, I repent. We basically ask the same thing in the Lord's Prayer when we ask God to forgive us of our sins. Those who won't forgive and reconcile with others who have apologized to them are not going to be forgiven by God. This activity provokes our merciful God to anger. Luke 173 3-4 says, Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee, seven times in a day. And seven times in a day... Turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. The desire for the offended should be for the offender to apologize so that they can forgive them and reconciliation can take place. After a few attempts, though, those who stubbornly refuse to apologize are supposed to be treated as a heathen, not even as a Christian because in that state they are willfully rejecting the main tenets of the Christian faith. Matthew eighteen fifteen through 20 says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if ye neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you, that if two of you uh, shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, It shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. When two brothers are witness to the refusal of someone in the church to confess faults to those that they have wronged, you're not supposed to have anything to do with them. In that carnal mindset, um, they are bound in a state of unforgiveness and they're not going to inherit eternal life either. God doesn't forgive sin without confession. And obviously a brother in the church cannot forgive another unless the offender humbly admits their faults to them. Without confession, forgiveness cannot happen. Once confession is made, forgiveness can take place along with restoration and reconciliation of the former relationship. When somebody says, I forgive you, then you can partake of Holy Communion with each other and wash your sins away in the blood of Christ, never to be spoken of again. Those who bring up forgiven sins at a later date reveal that they never forgave the offender at all and are found to be a liar. Not only that, but they sin against the blood of Christ because they refuse to forgive the penitent offender in the first place. And because of that, they'll miss out on paradise. So, you see, confession... And reconciliation is such a huge matter in the church in regards to our own salvation because it is a huge part of the Christian life. And those who reject these three main issues are rejecting the Christian life and everything that our Lord Jesus stands for. Those who choose to live like this are anti-Christ. And you're not even supposed to pray for them because they abide in a state of spiritual death. They will reap the reward of an impenitent heart First John five sixteen says, If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. The truth is that if divine charity is present in somebody's heart, love will compel them to apologize to others. Some people don't want to apologize because that would mean that they'd have to repent and, and then be reconciled. They'd have to admit the truth, and it would be too embarrassing for them. Because of their bitter heart, there's too much pride in their life to do that. Confession is so important that if you refuse to do it, you condemn yourself. Remember that God does not forgive everybody. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a lake of fire. He forgives those who confess faults. He also requires that you confess fault with others you have wronged before showing up at a church somewhere and bringing a gift. Being in church, claiming to be a follower of Jesus and not apologizing and reconciling with others is to make yourself a hypocrite. They claim to know Christ, but in their works, they deny him. Matthew five twenty-three through 24 says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to thy, the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. People were confessing their faults to John the Baptist. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 2 and 5 through 6. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then went out to him Jer- Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Confession is the key that unlocks the door to forgiveness with God and with others. And without confession, people remain outside the grace of God. Psalms 32, verse 5 says, I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Salah. Psalms 51, verse 3 says, For I acknowledge my transgression Uh, transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. So remember, the key that unlocks the door to forgiveness is confession. So let's think about these things for right now. We can be found on your web browser by searching TLKJBC, where you can find our diaries distributed through various platforms. We're not associated nor affiliated with any other religious groups, and you can get our entire podcast feeds directly along with transcripts at TLKJBC.com. Or I suppose that you could find a summer up here in the great northern Minnesota woods. Peace to you all, and Lord willing, we'll talk with you some more tomorrow. Till then, bye-bye, everybody.